A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 65 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're getting deeper on product marketing. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Josh Martin is back to continue our chat on product marketing. We'll get to that in just a moment. Coming soon, Chris Daly will be back to figure out how to convert social media traffic. And Ricardo Osti will be back in to chat about the role marketing plays in the customer experience. Lots more to come, so stay tuned. I want to invite you to have a listen to my other venture, the innovation podcast, the iPod, with Garnett Harriman. Lots of fun stuff happening there. Head over to theinnovationpodcast.co to tune in. Okay, back to Josh Martin. We talk about the value of data, balancing the demands of the day with planning for the future. Plus, he lets me in on the story behind his current company. Perfect sense. So let's get to it. It's hard to keep doing something when either A, you have bad data or no data at all, and you get anecdotal feedback that, you know, people don't like the color of that, you know, website or people don't, you know, like the messaging. Well, what people? You know, if you don't have data, you can't really make any solid decisions. True. And the other thing that's interesting there is data could also lead you astray or lead you to not be competitive, right? So to your point, Sure. The, you know, I read a lot of best practices on marketing because I think it's interesting. But, you know, you look at marketing automation platforms and they'll say, you know, the best time to send an email is Wednesday morning, whatever they say. And then everyone yeah. starts sending emails on Wednesday morning. So how long is that information yeah. valid for? I was reading a book. I don't remember the name of it offhand. I think it's the Harvard Business Review book. I'm still reading it right now. And they were talking about the value of uh, information. Uh, information is no longer valuable. It's knowledge that's valuable, right? So being able to sure. take that data and insight and craft it to an impactful decision that you're going to make that isn't just, okay, I have to send an email Wednesday at eight o'clock because that's what the numbers are telling me I need to do. Yeah. I, and every organization is different. Their audiences are different. So Tuesday morning may be great for one organization, but Friday evening may be good for yours, especially if you do something that's, you know, oriented to the weekend or, you know, there, there could be any number of reasons for sending an email at any time of any day. And the most important thing is the person that wrote that content got you to click on it. And that was what their objective was. So I think bearing right. that in mind is also important, right? Whenever you're reading these yeah. kind of best practices. 
I think one of the the challenges in a role like yours is you you were talking about balancing, you know, looking into the future and what your tasks are for the day. And especially in a, a small organization, you probably have to do both. How do you balance that? How do you balance, you know, having a year-long marketing plan in part of your brain and, oh, I've got to get this task done today? It's hard. I wish I could say it was easy. And it's something that I think all marketers struggle with because you have your day-to-day campaigns that you're running and product marketers suffer from it also. So I'll take kind of two answers to that. The product marketing piece of it, which is you have to understand buyer persona. You have to understand messaging. You have to understand the competitive environment. I think the challenge for a product marketer is really how do you get your arms around all of that? Because most organizations don't have a ton of product marketers, right? You're lucky if you have two and blessed if you have three, unless you're working for, you know, a thousand plus person company. Most of the sure. places I've worked, I've either been an you know, individual contributor and matrixed into marketing or had a small team um, available to me. And trying to keep up to date every single day with what the competition is doing or talk to customers every single day about why they chose or prospects, why they didn't choose to buy your product. Like those are all really difficult, but you need to continue to collect that information while thinking about how that information will be deployed uh, longer term. But the reality is, is some days you just can't think about the long term. And some days when, yeah. when really, if you're really lucky and people are head of the office on vacation, you know, maybe you do have the opportunity to do some of that thinking. For me, I, I tend to handle a lot of my day-to-day practical stuff in the office. And then my kind of thinking about all of those issues tends to happen either in the car on the way to and from work, or, you know, if I can't sleep at night, I start thinking about some of these longer term things and then it's just or maybe that's why out. you can't sleep at night, right? It's probably both, right? I think that's pretty <laughs> true. And then how do you set kind of small incremental goals that you think six months from now you can get somewhere or nine months or 12 mm. months and trying to just chew them off every day a little bit at a time? But it's hard and, and it's easy. Like you read some of these, again, some of these advice books on how to kind of handle issues or you're, you go on LinkedIn, you read all these articles about how someone achieved something. Every day is a battle. Right? Every day you have to figure yeah. out what the priority is. And every day you have to decide if you're willing to trade off a little bit of the future or the present for the other alternative. And then for marketing, it's the same, same thing, right? How do you manage the size of your database? Do you want to invest in things like events? Do you want to build out relationships with influencers? How long are you willing to spend working with somebody to have an impact on the market? So I think all of these things have to be thought of in the lens of how does it impact the long term? So if I decide to buy a list, am I going to get blacklisted if I use it, right, without validating it? Is it worth the risk of the long term? If I get blacklisted, what are the challenges that I'm going to face? Or if I'm going to work with this influencer, what happens if they decide to partner with a competitor all of a sudden? And now I've built their brand in this space or helped them build a brand in this particular space, and now they're working with somebody else. So I think you can have that long-term perspective Ask the questions about the long-term impact of your decisions with everything that you do, but it also shouldn't prevent you from doing things that you know are the right decisions in the short term, assuming you're not kind of mortgaging your future. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T.org. 
Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. I know you participate in a, a product marketing group in Northern Virginia, and you've you mentioned that you have taken some pragmatic marketing courses. Is that something you encourage other product marketers to do, to kind of broaden their field of view from beyond their own company and experience? Definitely. So I'll talk about product marketing or product pragmatic marketing first, because that to me was really eye-opening and setting up frameworks. So some of the work that mm. they do is, is excellent. All the work they do is excellent. But some things I've decided to deploy kind of in my day-to-day life and some I haven't because, again, some of it's theoretical and hard to actually achieve on a day-to-day basis. And some of it's really useful. But kind of the most important thing that it does is it lets product marketers and even product people speak the same language. Because otherwise, you everyone has different experiences. Everyone has a different background. Everyone has different expectations. If people understand the frameworks that you're working from, so product development, win-loss analysis, product requirements, you know, market analysis, yeah. like we can all agree that those are the key areas that we have to focus on, then we can have a baseline to have communication. But if we have different expectations of what product is and what marketing is and what product marketing is, it's really hard to get on the same page. So that, to me, is the most important value of those. They have great teachers also, so there's a lot of benefit of being exposed. And then you also get the opportunity at those sessions and in the product meetups to talk to other people about the challenges they're facing every day. We all work in really competitive environments, but what I found from a product perspective and even marketing, right, you have Marketo meetups, is people are really willing and able to share their advice and best practices with you in a practical way, right, without fear of, oh, this person might be a competitor or this person's going to take this advice and, and try to use it and in a way that may be detrimental to me. You know, at least in, in the area that I work in right now in, in product marketing in Northern Virginia, I've found the community be incredibly open to discussing pros and cons of their job, ways that they've overcome yeah. major challenges. And you get to hear that real boots on the ground, like I just dealt with this. My boss is not listening to me. What do I do? Or something grander, like my company yeah. just was acquired. How should I deal with that? Yeah. And there's a vibrant community down there, too. I know I've had a couple of clients in that area, and it's, boy, getting from point A to point B in Northern Virginia is not easy if you're in a car, which is your only choice. It is very difficult, yeah, which is one of the reasons that I switched jobs probably since we last spoke, because the commute, even though it was only 20 miles, was about an hour a day, and I just couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, it's it's rough being in the car. Now I just have a, about a 10 or 15 foot commute, which I really enjoy. Uh, you are making everyone listening jealous, I'm sure, with that, Mark. We all <laughs> aspire to not have those commutes that we have to deal with. So tell me about the company where you are now. I think, you know, many of my listeners have content management systems and they'd be interested in learning about your company. Sure. So the company I work for is called Perfect Sense, and we have a content management system called Brightspot. The company was founded by former AOL executives, because I don't know if most people know this, but AOL was, you know, most of its offices were here in the Northern Virginia area. So the tech community that you mentioned before is really filled with these former AOL executives that kind of filtered out and shaped the community down here. And they were publishers, right? David Gang, who's the CEO and and one of the co-founders, was a publisher. That's what AOL really was and was focused on, was creating content and community for people. And as he built out Perfect Sense, his goal was to develop a product company with a services orientation to help publishers you know, publish in a new and different way. 
most of the CMS solutions that existed 10 years ago when the company was founded and really subsequent to that are focused on heavy IT involvement in the process. So you want to change something on the front end of your website, you can go call your consultant or you can call your developer and they'll get to it when they get a chance because they're focused on other important issues. But you really didn't get a lot of control over the, over the system. So we decided to take a different approach and we built a publisher-first content management system, which allows publishers to a content team, whoever is working within the CMS to create content, to very easily have access to you know, a strong suite of tools and front-end systems that allow them the ability to create content, to edit content, to publish content, and to manipulate the front-end of their website, all within you know, a system of controls, right? So the admin of the CMS or the admin of the website can limit who has access to certain things and who has access to certain capabilities and functions. But the purpose of it is to provide this environment where you can very easily create, edit, and augment content and get it on the web quickly. Because we all know that the number of pieces of content being created is only getting, you know, going up and up and up. The real value that you can drive right now is capturing someone's attention with compelling content. And one of the ways to do that is through timely delivery of that content through multiple channels. So we allow content teams and and editors and publishers to get that content out faster and get it out in different languages and to get it out to different channels and publish that without having to rely on IT because IT has other things to do rather than just, you know, change a headline or update a URL. So we found really good success with the interface that we provide. We power many properties that you may be familiar with. Sotheby's is one example. Johnson & Johnson is another. We recently just launched the San Diego Union Tribune, just relaunched its site on Brightspot. So we're finding really good success with a lot of these large global brands and also creating a product for the mid-market because we want to recognize that there is a better option than WordPress, right? You don't need a free solution without a really good editorial experience. You need something that can help you get from point A to point B. I want to thank Josh for being with me. Next time we kick off a couple of episodes with neuromarketer Chris Daly on how to convert social media traffic. Important stuff, so stay tuned. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. Stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.